You're listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast, recorded on Sundays in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our goal is to help you grow from root to fruit. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. I'm going to continue our series called Masterpiece today and invite you to turn uh, to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, and uh, we'll be uh, looking at the same passage there that we've been looking at for the past couple of weeks. Um, so as you're turning there, I uh, just want to let you know that, um, don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything, but this past week I joined millions and millions of others and went and saw the Avengers movie. Anybody else seen the Avengers? Raise your hand if you've seen Avengers. Okay, I will not spoil it for the rest of you. How many of you don't even plan on ever seeing the Avengers movie? Like, you never... Yeah, okay. Well, just so you know, you're in the minority. No, it's, this movie has grossed $2 billion in 10 days. Two billion dollars, ten days. That's a lot of money. It is setting records, um, and it's a three-hour-long movie. And it's a long movie. Like they're telling you when to plan your bathroom break when you go to see the movie. Like at what point is the best part to miss? Because they're knowing that most people have to go. And I saw it happening. I saw people like getting up and going. And um, but I, I survived. Did not go to the bathroom during the entire movie. I made it. Um, you know, I get a shirt, I think. You get a shirt like I didn't have to go during the movie. Um, but the premise, if you don't know what the Avengers are, the premise is there's a bunch of uh, gifted superheroes um, that are have a variety of talents. Some fly. Um, some manipulate time. Some are super strong. Some are really good at shooting arrows. Apparently, that's a superhero trait. Um, some are very smart. Some control lightning and thunder. Um, with a hammer. Some have spider webs come out of their hands. It's really quite fascinating. Actually, all of the different, um, some of them aren't actually super, but they made super suits, so now that makes them super. There's all sorts of a variety of things, and sort of the premise of the movie is that there are these six, what they'll call, infinity stones. Um, they've been called various things at various times. If you're a comic book nerd, I'm not going to get into all that. Gems, all that, yeah. That's if you, if you want to go there, don't. But in the, for the movie's sake, they call them infinity stones. Um, and they are kind of spread out through the universe in different realms because there's too much power in these stones. And each one uh, gives their holder, whoever has them, a certain power. So the stones are minds, the power to control minds. Right? Uh, one is the stone of power, the stone of reality, uh, the, st- the stone of the soul, uh, which is like life and death. That sounds deep. The, so, uh, the, the space stone that you can ma- manipulate, you know, where you are in space. And then time, uh, these time travelers, and they just spin things like this. And it's pretty cool. They can do these time warps. So anyway, these, there's these collection of stones. And uh, they're trying to, somebody is trying to collect them all uh, to do some bad stuff. Uh, his name's Thanos, and he's a big guy. He's the kind of, you can kind of see his face in the top left. If you, if you squint, you'll kind of see it. there's like his, his profile there. Um, but there's something about power that obviously fascinates people for it to make this kind of money in, you know, 10 days. Um, and actually, um, if you look at the top 10 grossing movies of like the last five or 10 years or so, um, it's all the Marvel superhero movies. It's Star Wars, um, Harry Potter, uh, Hunger Games, uh, believe it or not, The Incredibles, um, Batman, uh, Avatar, you know, like. All of these movies are about people with supernatural uh, abilities and extraordinary activities. The power to accomplish incredible things. We're fascinated by that, right? And there's a, there's a whole genre of this. You know what we call this? Anybody? Come on, we call this 
fantasy. <laughs> That's what they call this. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an entire genre called fantasy. Right? And people love it. They go crazy for this stuff. Um, we love fantasy. Sometimes we wish it were real. Uh, you know, if I asked you what superpower you wish you had in real life, I'm sure you could all give me an answer. Right? I'm sure if I said, what, superhero, you know, what superpower, if you could have one, what would your superpower be? I think I figured out you know, what mine would be. Um, I would want to always be able to get stuff done on time. Come on. Wouldn't that be like awesome? You could call me like Captain Efficient. Right? Like, like never miss a deadline. Always on time. Um, you know, I'm, it may not be like super to you, but listen, I'd be pretty happy with that. Like if I, if I had that ability, wouldn't you feel pretty good having the ability to get everything done on time? Like at the end of your day, you were always like you had no more to-do list. Like, oh, checking boxes. Listen, I would have box. I would like my whole outfit would just be boxes, and I would just check them all day long. I'd feel so awesome. It'd be amazing. Um, or what if you could have the power? Like wherever you went to a restaurant, you always ordered exactly what you wanted. You know, listen, diners, you can't scare me anymore. Your your menus with 500 items. I know exactly what. I, and every time you walk away, you're like, that's exactly what I wanted, man. That was perfect. You know, as exactly. I mean, seriously, who wouldn't sign up for that superpower? Like, you know, you're laughing, but you would take it. You would take it because you've you've had those meals. and You're like, oh, this is a great restaurant. I don't know what to get. And oh, that was not a good choice. Right. It would save you from like the Reuben that you thought was a good idea. Right. And the superpower would be like, don't get the Reuben. Right. Don't get you want this over here. You know, go for the Cobb salad. You're, you'll thank me later. Right. The super the superpower. Always order what you want. It's just a variety of superpowers. This is the message today about power. Power is something desirable. You know, for, for many of us, power is something we talk about all the time. We want more powerful cars. We want more powerful jobs, more powerful computers, more powerful phones, right? You know, my phone's too slow. My computer's too slow, right? This isn't working. The system isn't We want power to do things because power enables us to do what we feel like we need to do and accomplish what we want to accomplish. Like power is a, it's not a bad thing. It's inanimate. It's just a, it's just a dynamic. It's something that can help us. We want powerful people in our lives because they can help us, right? So if we get somebody powerful, we understand and respect power. We appreciate it. We're wary of it because we know people abuse it, right? Power can be good or bad, but it's, it's just the ability. That its raw definition power is the ability to accomplish, right, what you set out to accomplish. Do you have the power to do that or not? And it's interesting because if we think about just life, God has some power. No, God has all power. So God is the most powerful. Right? He's the author of power. Right? And he does something really, really, I would actually say shocking with his power. It's surprising to me. It's, it's, it, it catches me off guard when I understand what God does with his power. And it's really odd. So, so odd, actually, that I kind of question his judgment a little bit. Like, he's God. He can do what he wants. But I'm sitting there going, I don't know if I would do that if I were you. All right, so we're going to read and see what God does with his power. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says this, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, it says you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Verse three, it says all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. 
It is only by grace that you have been saved. Verse 6, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 7, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward. We need to just stop and hear that. Right? This is, the reason I read all this is because just even by hearing it, it does something. Right? I'm not going to talk about all this stuff, but just by hearing it, it does something. We need to hear these words. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. I'm going to say it again. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. I just feel like somebody needs to hear that today. Salvation is not a reward. You don't earn it. You can't deserve it. So none of us can boast about it. God gives it. So verse 10, here it comes. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Let's take a minute and pray. God, I ask you just to illuminate this word to us. It's a pastor we've been looking at for a few weeks. God, teach us something new today that we have yet to see, even in the span of our lives. Perhaps we've heard this verse over and over again. Perhaps it's the first time. But today, would you speak to each person in this room exactly what we need to hear? And you can do that. In your name we pray. Amen. So there are seven words here that I really want to highlight. Seven words. And here are the seven words. Ready? We can do the good things. We can do. the good. Actually, it's supposed to be so we can do the good things. But that's all right. So we can do the good things. Six words are up there. So we can do the good things. So the first, I'm going to start with so, and then I'll get to the we can do the good things. So, so, we were made new. God did all this masterpiece, and there's this little two-letter word there. It goes, so, so we can do the good things. We were made new so that we could do good. All right? We've talked about what the masterpiece of God is, right? That he loves you. That we are the masterpiece. Right? That... When we realize he can change us. And now this is why he made the masterpiece. Why did God make it? what the masterpiece is? It's you changed. It's you new. It's you loved. But God does that so that we would do good things. See, God is not only creating a masterpiece in you. Yes, you are a masterpiece. <laughs> God is not only doing a masterpiece in you. He's also creating a masterpiece through you. See, there's a reason God is doing what he is doing in you. And it's this. So that, see, here's the reason God is doing what he's doing. Here's the reason God does anything at all. He loves you. He poured out. He sent Jesus for you. He did all that so that we can do the good things. So let me ask you, what are the good things? And are you doing them? If this is why God did all that stuff, it comes down to this. He did all for the reason, for the purpose, because he wants us to do the good things. So what are the good things? Fortunately, we have passages like Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, which many of you recognize. And it says this, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. He tells you what the good things are. God has told us what the good things are. That says you have the power... I give you power, right, to do what's right. It's called integrity. 
I give you power to do what's right. You have the ability to do the good things, to do what's right. Second, you have the power to delight in being kind and compassion. You have the power to do that. Third, you have the power to follow wherever God leads, to walk humbly with your God. You have the power to be courageous. You have the power to do those good things. See, the reason God created all of this is to empower you to do good things. Sounds pretty simple. The God of all power. Now think of this. The God of all power. You know what he does with his power? He gives it to you. Um, Thanos is probably not the kind of guy that wants to give up power. Right? Like none of those superheroes really want to give up any power. They're all trying to always get more power, get more power. But God says, no, I am the God of all power. And my masterpiece is going to be giving you power. And the reason I'm giving you power is to do the good things. Giving you power to do the good things. Now listen, I don't know if I would give me power, but God does, and He trusts us enough. So, I don't want you to miss this. I know it sounds really simple for the moment. I'm going to go somewhere in a minute, but just, you can do good things. There are some of you in here that don't necessarily believe that. You may not feel like you can do good. You may be sitting here going, yeah, I don't really. I mean, and I'm not just talking about good things. You can be a person of integrity. You can be a person who genuinely loves showing compassion and mercy. Oh, that's not me. I will get there. You can be a person that is willing to walk humbly with God to go wherever he leads you. You can be that kind of person. You can do that because God gives you the power. If you don't feel like you can do anything good today, if you feel the opposite of powerful, if you feel inadequate, if you're sitting here going, uh, yeah, this is nice. This is, again, that church talk, that kind of stuff that oh, will tell you how good you are and how great you are. And, you know, yeah, we rah, rah, we get out there and the real world hits. If you're sitting here going, yeah, that's all. You don't know me. I don't have this. Can I just say congratulations? You are inadequate. You are a prime candidate to be a masterpiece of God. Because he says this in 1 Corinthians through Paul. He says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those the world thinks are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. See, part of God's masterpiece is taking what's weak and powerless and transforming them by his power. That's why it's so masterful. That's why this is a masterpiece. I'm not strong. I know most of you already know that. But if I have power at all, it's the power of God in me. Right? So imagine that you're a superhero for a moment, right? You're, you're a superhero, right? I'll, we'll call you um, Captain, uh, Captain Good Thing. How's that? Captain Good Thing, right? If it's good and it's for you to do, you have what it takes. Captain Good Thing can always do what's good. Captain Good Thing can always be kind. Captain Good can always follow God. It's silly, right? No, that's what you are. You're a superhero for God because he empowers you to do the good things. We don't feel that way. We don't live that way. So what's the problem? Because that's what you are. 
created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good things so that you can do the good things because the God of all power gives you power. It's an amazing reality. But there's something called reality that we have to do business with. And as cool as it is that God empowers us, sometimes we find ourselves unable to do the good things. Sometimes we find ourselves in those moments where our integrity is challenged and we fail. Well, we don't pass the test. Sometimes we know we're supposed to give mercy to people and I don't have it. I'm not feeling strong enough today to extend mercy to you. There are days where I know where God is leading me. I know where my God wants to humbly walk me. I know where he's leading me and I don't have the power to go there. I can't follow. I know what's good and I can't do the good things. If you're too tired or too weak or lack the energy to do what you know you should. If you're sitting here today and you're not feeling very powerful, where's the problem? The problem is not with the source of power. The problem is on our end. If you're sitting here today and you don't feel very powerful, there's a good chance you are looking for your power elsewhere. It's the only option. Because if you are looking for power from God, it's there. There is no lack. God of all power says, I got you. You can do all the good things. And if you do not have the power to do the good things, then you are not tapping into the power. We're looking somewhere else. Some of you are so tired. You've been running on inadequate power for so long that you are ready to quit. Nobody else knows in this room how tired and empty you really are. Perhaps you've been trying for so long to do what you know is good and you just can't. And you repeatedly find yourself falling short. You project strength, you project power, and guess what? It's all a bluff. Nobody knows. And on the inside, you are running on fumes. Can I be transparent for a moment? Of course I can, because I'm up here and I have a microphone. Every week I feel pressure to once again come up here and say something that matters. Every single week. To deliver. And there are many times that my desperate prayer is that God would miraculously speak through me. Because if you knew how I felt on the inside, I don't feel adequate. I don't feel wise. I don't feel strong. It's not my words that are going to help anybody. I'm trying to take the scriptures and make them come alive. I feel empty. I feel spent. There are so many Saturday nights I'm sitting at home going, oh, God, you're going to have to work it again. You're going to have to show up again, God, because weak me is going to stand on a stage again. There's good people. They're staring at me. And I do my best not to let anybody know about it, but you all know about it now. Um, And I'll tell you that because I don't think I'm alone. I think there are many of you here that nobody knows how much of a mess you feel like on the inside. Some of you are absolutely broken. It took everything you had just to show up here today. You are trying to do the good things and you are failing and failing and you are you have no energy left. I feel like it's a message that every one of us needs to hear. We are weak and we are powerless. And we all feel the pressure to pull it together because somewhere along the way the world told us this. When you're tired and when you're weak, what you're supposed to do is buck up. You're supposed to perform. 
You need to grind it out, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, tough it out, suck it up, and just do it. You hear the messaging, try harder, try harder, try harder. So again, we try harder and we dig deeper and we search somewhere for strength to do this thing called life. And every day that we are not tapping into what God is giving us, we are getting emptier and emptier and we are getting lower and lower. It's one of those things we all know, but we need to be reminded of regularly. I don't think there's anything I'm saying today that you don't know. But I think we need to be reminded of this. Our power comes from one place and one person only. There is no power you receive from anywhere else. There are other things in our life which are good, but the source of power to do the good things only comes from one place. And if you are looking elsewhere for that, you have gotten off where God is. You have unplugged from the power source and you are running on battery backup. And you know how long that lasts. Not long. You're on the clock. And some of you, your battery backup failed. And so you went to search for another battery backup and another battery. And you keep looking elsewhere. And I'm telling you, there's only one place that your power comes from. There's only one source. If we're not looking for God, for our power, we will not have what it takes to meet the demands of reality. You are loved by God unconditionally. No matter what you do, you can be changed by God. He can make you brand new. You do not have to be who you were. And when God makes us new, he plants inside us his power. The Holy Spirit comes to live in our lives and we receive power from God. It's not about us. He takes what is dead and he makes it alive. He takes what is old and he makes it new. He takes what is powerless and he makes it powerful. And we call this a masterpiece. It's what God does every single day. He takes what you were and he makes you something different. We continue to be stubborn and think, oh, okay, I got it now. I'm going to unplug again. Thanks for cleaning me up. I'm going to go do good now. And we unplug from him. You can't do good apart from God. Can't be done. I do not have the power to do any good unless I am plugged in. But here's the good news. You can do all the good things. You can do all the good things. You can do what is right. You can be the husband or wife that you were meant to be. You can be that. There are some of you today, you do not feel like you are who you're supposed to be as a spouse. You can be that person. You can be the parent your children need to be. You can be the friend those around you thank God for. You can be the leader others can follow. You can be the one who follows Jesus, even if others don't. You can do those things that mirror integrity. You can do that. Hope today. I want to give it to you. You can do that. God can empower you to do and be the person that does the right things. You can be kind and delight in it. You can love giving people second chances. You're going, you don't know me. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you don't know God. Because God says you can be the kind of person that delights in giving people second chances. No, I hold grudges. That's what, no, no, you used to hold grudges. That's what, that's what old you does. That's what unredeemed you does, right? That's what dead you does. But new, living you? No. 
You delight in showing mercy. No, no. Yeah, God can empower you to do that. You can serve and give and help and share sacrificially and do it joyfully. And if you're saying, I don't, I'm seeing some of those changes in my life. Yeah, welcome to the masterpiece. That's what God's doing in you. That's what he's doing in you. That's the work of God in you, redeeming you, changing you from what you were into what you can be. You can love showing grace and mercy. You can forgive. You can feel deep joy when you know others experience Jesus because of what you're doing to them. You can go, man, I gave somebody a second chance and it feels good. Yes, you can do that. Not on your own, but with God in you. You can love being merciful and you can go wherever God leads You can walk humbly into situations you might never have had the courage to walk into before. I'm afraid to go where God leads. I get it. Me too. But with the power of God, you can take that step into the water before it parts. Say, God, I've got to trust you on this. God, are you really moving my career in a new direction? God, is this really the person for me? Am I supposed to be in a relationship here? God, what are you doing? Are these decisions for our family we're supposed to be making? Uh, How how do I know what to do? And God says, here, I don't know. No, you can. You can step out and walk humbly with God. You know what it means to walk humbly with God? Very simple. It means that little little guy, right? Eli, he's up here, little guy walking around. It means when he walks with, 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 with Grandma right there, he's holding her hand. Guess what? He doesn't question where she's leading. She trusts Grandma. She's walking good places. When we walk with God, it's God, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to trust where I'm. Like, you know, you ever seen a little kid walk around there like this? They're just, it, just taking it all in because they're not thinking about where they're going because they're trusting the one who's leading them. That's what it means to walk humbly with your God. God, I'm going to hold your hand. And I'm not going to try and. Listen, I got a puppy. I know what it means for a dog to try and pull me all over and tell me where it thinks it should go. That's how some of us walk with God. We're, we're straining against the leash. God, I want to go over here. God, I want to go over there. Oh, this, 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 this. And God's saying, would you just heal? Just walk humbly. And guess what? You can do that. You can do it. The power of God says you can do it. You can trust God. You can acknowledge it. He knows better. You can step out in faith. You can wait. You can have uncommon patience. I'm not a good waiter. Guess what? You can be. If God just says, hey, let's wait for the light to change. Stand here and look around on the street corner. You can have patience. You can walk humbly with your God. You can do that. You can go wherever God leads you because he's giving you power. If God is holding your hand, you can walk with him anywhere. I know there are some of you here today who need to hear this in its fullness and in its simplicity. You can do all the good things. It's not a profound message today. It's really not. But it's something we struggle with daily. You can do all the good things. Because that's what God has made you. So what? So today, stop looking elsewhere for power. Stop looking elsewhere for power. Some of my issues with a lot of these fantasy movies, right? Everybody's always looking for power from within. Dig deeper. Find it inside yourself. Yeah, it ain't there. They keep looking for a lifetime. There's nothing in there. I mean, there's no suit. There's no star from a galaxy that's going to, you know, land on you. And all of a sudden, right, there's no spider that's going to bite you. Right? There's... There's, not, there's nobody that can do surgery on you like Wolverine and 
put metal in your body, right? There's no altered gene that you can hope for that are going to give you the ability to, to regenerate. There's not, no, no. The power comes from one place and one person only. So it was a simple prayer I encourage you to pray. And it goes something like this. It goes to this, God, I'm powerless without you. Today, let your power be in me to do all the good that's mine to do. And this is one other little tangent. Some of us are trying to do good that's not ours to do. We are desperately trying to do a world of good. God's got good for you to do today. And he's got somebody else on the other good. Some of you are trying to play hero. You don't have to change the world. You just got to run your race. So God, help me today to recognize the good that's before me and to trust you to empower me to do the good that's before me. Paul prayed a prayer for his friends, the church in Thessalonians. I love this. Thessalonica says this. May God give you the power to accomplish all the good things. May God give you power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Talked about this a few weeks ago in Whisper Series. Promptings. As you go along the day, God's going to prompt you to do the good things. And as you get prompted to do the good things, I'm praying for you to have the power to accomplish it. Because that's what God does. That's what God He gives you the power to accomplish all the good things. We're not meant to live powerless lives. I want to close with a story. Erwin McManus is a pastor and an author I really Respect, and he shared a story about his son, Aaron. When he was younger, he went to a youth camp, and everyone was pretty happy about it because it was a Christian camp, so he figured he wasn't going to hear any of those, you know, crazy ghost stories. Anybody have the ghost stories from camp years? Right, you know about the crazy, no? Nobody, nobody got ghost stories at camp? So, all right. A few of you, I, I mean, listen, growing up, Jersey, right, we had the Pine Barrens. You get all sorts of stories about the Pine Barrens and the fingers, you know, on the top of your car. I don't know, we had all sorts of crazy, you know, stories, all sorts of bad stuff. But he was, said, my kid's going to a church camp. They're not going to hear any of those kind of crazy stories, right? He figured he wasn't going to have. And so, unfortunately, since it was a Christian camp, they tell other types of stories there. They don't tell ghost stories. Uh, we tell stories about, like, the devil and Satan and demons and things like that. So, like, he's telling all these things. So, when his son got home, he was, like, terrified. He was like, oh, Dad, I'm so scared. There's demons everywhere. Right? And um, he said, Dad, don't turn off the light before going to bed. He said, I'm, I'm scared. Could you just stay with me? Those stories just about... Satan and the devil, they just, they scared me a lot. And Erwin says, I wanted to say to him, they're not real. Don't worry about him, he said, but I didn't say that. He said, Dad, could you pray that I would be safe? Could you at least pray that they wouldn't get me? And Erwin says this, he says, I could feel it. I could see that warm blanket Christianity beginning to wrap around Aaron, a life of safety, safety, safety. Protect me. And he said, Aaron, I'm not going to pray for you to be safe. He says, I will pray that God will make you dangerous. So dangerous that demons will flee when they enter your room. And Aaron said, all right. But can you pray that I'll be really, really dangerous, Dad? Where am I going, Dre? The masterpiece of God is not that since the creation of time he's been revealing his grand love in infinite ways constantly, that he gave his son to die for us and he promised us eternal life so that we can feel safe, so we can feel a little bit better. The masterpiece of God is that he makes the most powerless people of all time able to do all the good things. 
Come on. God gives you power to do all the good things. Pastor Dre shared this story. Browns are a bad football team. They hadn't won in a very long time. And his son went home and prayed. Because I had preached a message on praying in faith and asking for things. He said, I don't think God cares about the Browns. And Jack said, no, Pastor Dan said you could pray. No. And he prayed for the Browns. And guess what? The Browns won that day. They asked the quarterback, what, what was different today? And he said, love it. I bought him a shirt that has it. says, I woke up feeling dangerous. Come on. Come on. So guess what? I'm going to pray that over you today. I want to pray that you feel dangerous. That the enemy would be terrified right now because a room full of people is about to be set loose on the world. People empowered by God to overcome the darkness, to blaze forth light, that you will go out and do all the good things. And the enemy's sitting there going, no, 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 no. They can't know that they have power. And I'm saying, yes, you have power. Because that's the masterpiece of God, that he takes what is old and he makes it new. He takes what is dead and he makes it alive. He takes what is powerless and he makes it powerful. You can do all the good things. You have all power. And for some of you, that may feel so far from where you are right now. Welcome to the masterpiece. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do in and through you. That's what makes it so masterful. You don't have to climb Mount Everest. You just have to let God do what he does best. And that's change us from what we are into what we can be. It's what he does. I'm going to invite Nikki on up and Claire, and we're going to close. I'm going to invite you just to close your eyes right now. I feel like we need to just respond here and do business for a minute. If you're here today, and you came in today, not knowing what we were talking about, but you came in here today struggling, feeling like you're wanting to do good, but you just don't have what it takes. Perhaps your story's been one of failure over and over and over again. I want, to, I want to be a different person. It's not the kind of parent I want to be. It's not the kind of spouse I want to be. I'm not the kind of, of employee I want to be. or the kind of leader I want to be. I'm not the kind of friend I want to be. I'm not the kind of follower of God that I want to be. I want to be better for God. I want to be holy. I want to do what's right. I continue time and time again to fall short. There's something about humility that breaks that power in our lives. It's because there's a power that holds us back. There's sin that sits in our life. And it holds us back from the power of God. God wants to give us His power. But we continue to carry so much other stuff. He tells us, throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. I'm going to give you power to run your race to the end. Just feel today there's got to be a response. I don't know what your response has to be. I don't want to. I don't want to prescribe it. But there are some of you in here today that need to let go of sin. You are holding on to old life, and you can't step into the power of the new life until you let go of the old. That's you today. 
Just raise your hand and say, that's me. I need to let go of my old life. I need to let go of my old life and I need to step into the new. God, look around, see our hands. God, you love us so much. Begin to create masterpieces all over this room. Just begin to create masterpieces, God. Breathe new life into what's old, Lord. You accept our confession. Would you love us? You come towards us. Lord, when we admit our guilt, you don't run away. You don't hide your head in horror. But you run to us and embrace us. Say, come home. I love you. I want to make you new. I want to make you able to do all the good things. If you're here today, you just think, I just want that power to do good. I, I feel like I'm fighting it. I've been fighting it and some other power. I've been relying on power that's not from God and it's not enough. Today is the day I need to say, God, I want to trust in your power alone. That's you today. Would you just respond some way? Would you raise your hand? Say, God, that's me. I want your power today. I want your power in my life to do good. God, would you see our hands today? See our hearts We surrender to you. We welcome you into our lives. Begin to do masterpieces. Continue to do masterpieces. But I pray that you would empower this entire room to do all the good things that you have for us to do today. For those today that don't even believe that they can, God, in our weakness, you are made strong. Would you just begin to minister to us today? We're going to just sing a song. And as they sing, I just want you to get alone with God where you are. Just invite God to do work. To take out the old and to put something new. Perhaps reveal areas in your life that need to get right with Him. Make things right with God today. Welcome Him to give you all the power to do everything good that you are called to do. Thanks for listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit us at wearelifetree.com or on Facebook and Instagram at wearelifetree.com.